Welcome to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast brought to you by Success Without Sacrifice. I am your host and coach, Cherie Sauer, and here on the podcast, we are on a mission to revolutionize the way women in insurance do business. We will be interviewing women who are changing the face of insurance, as well as giving you tips and inspiration to grow your agency to new heights without sacrificing what is most important to you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast by Success Without Sacrifice. I'm your host and coach, Cherie Sauer, and I'm so excited to have Becky Jennings here with me today. Uh, Becky just has such an incredible story of kind of going from rags to riches and uh, has just done a lot in the insurance industry to really pave the way for women. Becky, thank you so much for being here. Would you just tell our guests a little bit about you um, and your background? Well, thank you for having me, and I would be happy to to share about my background. Um, so my name is Becky Jennings. Um, I am the owner of Jennings Insurance Group. Uh, Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri is uh, where we're primarily located. Uh, we have um, in our office, we have seven employees. We've got um, a few outliers, uh, outlying employees like in Tennessee and Mississippi and, and Idaho and we partner with some people around the around the country doing various things. But um, so I, I started in the industry in 2007 and um, I was a stay at home mom and I was about to become a single mom. And uh, it was a, a pretty turbulent, rough time. And uh, so uh, the sort of the process um, was, you know, long and tough at times, but very rewarding in the end. So when I started in the industry, um, what actually got me in the industry was knowing that I was going to be um, a single mom. I had to figure out um, how I was going to have a job or a career, and I had no resume. And so um, I was looking at different things. I would look at big box stores and, you know, what what kind of job could I get there? Cause I didn't have any work history and could I become a cashier there? And then what would I have to do to move up to store manager? And how could I be successful in that? And one day my brother called and he said, um, Becky, I know you're getting ready to change your life. And um, I think I know something that might suit you really well. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, I'm not really sure, but it has something to do with selling Medicare quote unquote. And um, so I, I didn't really even know what Medicare was other than um, it was a healthcare coverage for older people. That's all I knew. And I didn't know anybody on Medicare. didn't know a person in the industry, not even in insurance, really. And um, so at that time in my life, uh, you have to realize that I had gone through um, the, a very difficult time. Um, I was married to somebody. We have a great relationship now. But um, he struggled a lot with depression and anger. And, um, and I sort of bore the brunt of that for a lot of years, 20 years. And so by the time this time came, I was pretty um, insecure. I didn't even know if I, could own, if I could go open a bank account. And I had been a very independent young person. But after 20 years living in this uh, very controlled feeling environment in a lot of ways, um, I just had no self-esteem and no confidence. And so um, I asked my brother, I said, well, how do I do this thing? And he said, well, I don't know. Call this guy in Texas. He does it. So I called a guy in Texas and I said, what do you do? 
And he explained it to me. And I said, how do I do that? And um, immediately when he told me about it, my thought was I could bank on myself and my own work ethic to make a living. I will bank on myself every day because I know I will work hard. And so I ended up, I um, went to the um, insurance department and I said, um, how do I get my license? And he said, and the gal at the insurance um, department said, well, you got to, and I'm going to date myself here, study the manuals. So um, I said, where do I get those? So I bought the manuals and you have to realize where I was studying at the time when I was studying those insurance manuals, we had lost our home and uh, I was living 1500 miles from family. And we were in a 1966 camper with, um, with no running water. And so uh, there I sat studying the insurance manuals thinking, I don't know how I got here, but I'm never coming back here. And uh, so I studied and uh, went and took my test and passed it. And I didn't have a resume, but I had an insurance license. So there were two insurance companies in the town in Boise at the time. One of them had a big, very intimidating office. Um, and I didn't even know what entrance to go into. The other one had, was new in the area and they had a humble office. And I thought, okay, I can, I can go in there. I pulled up to that office and I'm sitting there. I call my brother, the same brother who said, you should do this. And I called him, I was in tears. And I'm like, they're never going to hire me. And he's like, you know, dry it up. You can do it, just walk in there. And uh, so I walked in and I said, are you appointing agent? And she said, let me get somebody. So they described the opportunity to me. And I said, um, I'm interested. I, I would like to do this. What do I have to do next? So um, I got appointed and I started attending all the trainings. And really the trainings were very difficult because everyone in insurance speaks in acronyms. And I would secretly write down all the acronyms because I'm the person in the room that I think has no idea what's going on. And I think everybody else is way ahead of me, you know. And so I'd look up the acronym and then I'd figure out, you know, what I just learned that day. And um, eventually I started writing business and I started taking the business that nobody else wanted. And at that time, um, dual eligible Medicare Advantage plans were just coming out and there really wasn't any training. Um, they kind of trained you, but nobody really could help you with understanding how Medicare and Medicaid work together. So I started researching it and I started learning how to do it. Um, and so I took all the business nobody wanted. It was complicated. It was um, a lot of service work. At that time, I was schlepping sales kits out of the back of my car. So I would go sit on a white plastic chair in the yard because there were fleas in the house. I would, I could tell you stories about crazy things that happened um, and uh, maybe over a cocktail that. And at the end of the first year, we went, we had our sales meeting and um, they put up the numbers of everybody for that year, how much we had sold. And I was the third top producer for the state that year. And um, of course it was, and I was working with all men. Um, and so they're, they're like, what are you doing? And, uh, and I said, I'm taking all the business you guys don't want. <laughs> and uh, they did not know that I was willing to write any application because I was just trying to buy groceries and not have to go to the food pantry. 
I wasn't, I was hoping I could pay rent. You know, that's where I was. There was no child support. There was no family around. There was nothing. And uh, my daughters at the time were 10 and 18. And my 18 year old was staying with their dad. And so um, I had my 10 year old. And <clears throat> and he um, he ended up leaving the, the area. And so it became just my two daughters and I. And uh, we we managed. We got through it. I fortunately have two really great daughters and they are really today my best friends. So at that time they were 10 and 18. Today they're 25 and 33. And um, so they have seen me go through all my self-doubt, all my, I have no idea what I'm doing, all the late nights and all that stuff. And they really were my biggest cheerleaders through a lot of that. And I'm very, very grateful. Mm. So thank you. So I'm curious, um, the doubt that you talked about, what are some of the things that, because I think all women in business and especially in sales, there's a lot of doubt, right? What are some of the things that you did to get, to push past that doubt? Um, you know, <clears throat> I got up every day and did something. Um, because when, when you're in a, a point in your life where, I mean, you, you don't have the luxury of saying, I don't know if I can sell a policy today. That's not even an option. You have to go sell a policy. So you either get out there and you you do the job, you make the phone calls, you do whatever it takes, or you go work at one of the big box stores. And um, so every day I got up and did something. And you have to realize too, you know, I'm kind of tough on women a lot of times because um, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit you know, you are perfectly capable of suiting up every day and going out there and taking whatever the world has to offer or, you know, whatever. Um, you're perfectly capable of managing it. And I think keeping my emotions under control, keeping my responses under control, thinking through how I was going to communicate and and deal with coworkers and other people when I was in my personal life going through the most difficult time of my entire life. And, but that was a, I couldn't let that be a crutch or a reason that I didn't succeed. And um, so I would say the best thing that I can tell anybody is, um, you know, dry your tears and get up and go to work and do what you need to do. And, um, you know, we do as women, a lot of times, we feel like we're not nearly as tough as we actually are when we're going through something hard like that, or we respond out of emotions instead of taking a minute and gaining control of that. Um, I took a self-defense class a few years ago and, and I, I did it for several months and I will never forget the first time somebody hit me. I mean, hit me hard right in the eye. And I was hoping I'd get a black eye so I could be like, yes. You know? <laughs> but I remember when that happened and I remember thinking, well, that wasn't so bad. You know, you spend your whole life trying not to get hit. Right. But then when you do, it's not nearly as bad as you thought it was going to be. And you survive and you carry on. And so I would say um, I would say that's probably one of the, the best le lessons I've learned is what would have been extremely difficult for me to process through um, at one point in my life. Today, those are the kinds of things I manage before breakfast. 
you know, so I, I let myself decide to get stronger and smarter and tougher and grow a thicker skin and all those things that need to be done without um, losing my femininity. And um, I love being a girl. I work with men. I work with women. It doesn't make any difference to me. I, I want to work with qualified people. But I will say in our agency, we only have one man and everyone else is women. Not that we set out to do that, but that's just who showed up. So, you know, you attract people who are like you. And if you're attracting the wrong people, maybe you need to look in the mirror and make some changes. <laughs> and, uh, those are hard things to admit to. Yeah, you know, it's a growing process. And, um, and so, you know, here in our agency, um, when it comes to the women in the agency, you know, there's an expectation of being professional. Nobody gets to be catty. We don't tolerate any of that kind of stuff. Um, we really, um, I, now I've gone through people. Let me just clarify that. I you was know. actually going to, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. It's because a lot of times, especially if you're, are you, you guys are all in an office together. We are. Um, there, you know, when, between females, there's hormones and there's things and there sometimes can be jealousy or resentment and, you know, all these underlying things that I think sometimes don't come up for men or men just shove it down. Yeah. So I was kind of curious about that actually. Um, what are some of the people, why did you have to let them go? What are some of the challenges of having employees in general, um, but also like that many females in one space? First of all, I'm going to say you, you should give yourself the grace to go through the process. You know, um, it's hard. There was times when I, you know, I did suffer from self-doubt on a lot of things because, I mean, I had somebody come in uh, my agency that had no experience I helped them get set up, get, you know, start being successful. In the end, um, she uh, decided that she wanted to go a different direction. And rather than talking to me, she got an attorney and um, wanted an audit of commissions and all this stuff. And during the annual enrollment period, wow. and um, it was, and, and now just so you know, in my annual enrollment period in a week, I do a hundred appointments a week. Oh my so goodness. I was trying to manage attorneys and all that stuff. So, um, so it's not that we've been, you know, drama free, but when we really defined what the core values of the agency are and we started hiring people to the core value, I can teach anybody insurance. If, if you want to do insurance, I can teach you how to do insurance. I can't teach you how to be a good person. <laughs> and um, So either you come that way or you don't. And if you don't come that way, what I learned is the, the ones who fell away, they either couldn't rise to it because they were not capable personally. They, they had a lot of other stuff going on or what have you, or their core values didn't match the core values that are here. And once we really defined those um, and we started hiring to those, that was a game changer for us. And the team I have now, um, I would fight a dragon for. They are very good. And even though every day is not perfect and we arm wrestle through things, we don't always all agree, but um, we all approach things in a mature way. And we give each other, I'm going to say that word again, we give each other the grace to have a bad day, a sick kid, you know, whatever it happens to be. And we just kind of make up for it along the way. 
And um, I just am very fortunate, but it didn't happen for me that way to start out. I had to go through a lot of stuff, which really makes me appreciate now so much more. So yeah, I was going to ask when, um, when did you go out on your own? Because you started with a company and then you went out on your own and now have your own agency. Is that right? Yeah. So um, when I first started, I was not an employee. I was a hundred percent commission. Okay. And But I was captive to one carrier. And so that's why I couldn't ever not sell in a day. Cause if I didn't sell, I didn't make any money. And so um, and, and so after a year of that, they offered me an internal position, which I took for almost two years. And then I realized I wasn't building renewals and I realized I, how much I like renewals. And so um, I, I built my pipeline and then I, I jumped shipped and went in shipped and went independent in 2010. And then um, in 2011, I moved to central Missouri and opened the agency here in 2011. And so um, so it was a process, which was probably really good because um, it gave me an opportunity to really learn um, the industry inside and out. And, um, you know, I, I look at people today who are starting independently, like just working on their own without a lot of, um, you know, resources and things like that. It is very tough. It, it is a hard um, there's a lot of complications to it. A lot of people have a lot of different things going on. And so, um, but 2011 is when I opened the agency here and I started the business in 2007. Okay. Very cool. Um, I'm curious, what's the, what are some of the pros and cons of being a captive agent versus being, having your own agency? Leads. When you're captive, <laughs> <you're leads. laughs> Yeah, because when you're a captive right. agent, the leads are just coming to you, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, whereas, so let's, I would love to talk about that for a second. What was your strategy? And you had mentioned even like you built your pipeline before you left. I, I'm curious, what did that look like? And how do you get leads now since they're not just being, you know, given to right. you? Uh, because that's a lot of what we see. Um, I know, especially in the women of insurance group, it's, it's like, everybody's looking for the leads, right? And right. so and everybody has a different strategy and it depends on what line of insurance you're in. So I would love to hear um, kind of just your process and what that looks like. So um, when I was captive, of course, there were some leads, but I was still having to go out and get my own, drum up my own business. Um, I worked a lot at referring partners and relationships and being consistent and all those things. And that's really how I survived uh, the first three years. And, and even when I was an employee, um, we still had a responsibility to go out and drum up our own business. They didn't just hand us all of leads all day long. We still were uh, expected to write a certain number of, of new um, clients and not all those just got dropped in your email, right? You still had to go out and do some stuff. Um, but then when I moved to central Missouri, um, what happened was uh, we were, we like I said, the black hole of Medicare Advantage. And the worst part was you would go one county, one direction. And I was in the St. Louis market, one county, another direction. I'm in Kansas City and one county, the other direction. And I'm in Springfield market. So what went, ended up happening was and, and all of them had different carriers that were good in those. So I was never a good producer for anybody for a long. It took a long time. And um, after I moved here, I remember I called my old boss. And I said, I mean, I was in tears. I'm like, I think I made a really big mistake. 
And uh, so he said, well, I, I think I got a connection for you. And um, he introduced me to a rep out of Kansas City. And I would spend half my time in central Missouri and half my time in Kansas City and building my business at the lake. And that helped me survive. I couldn't move again because my daughter was in school and I didn't want to disrupt her again. And, um, and so I was just going to figure out how to make that work. And, um, and so there were no leads to speak of. And so I made a decision for my area. What I wanted to start doing was branding because there's really, when, you, when it comes to marketing in my, this is my opinion, I don't have a marketing degree. So this is my small print disclaimer. <laughs> um, I, I, when I looked at, you know, all the things that I could do, there's branding and then there's lead generation. And I decided I wanted a significant footprint where I could, I could build a referral based business, not just every time. I mean, not just hope that I sent out a postcard back in the day and get a response. Right. I wanted it to be where people referred me and, Oh, did you see her? And, you know, so <clears throat> I, I started an entire marketing campaign on branding my agency. And so um, we do in our local area, um, we have a billboard, we do radio, we, um, I'm, I'm around a lot. You, you know, we've got a lot of stuff going on on social media and we have signs outside and, um, and now we have um, a few thousand clients within about 30 miles. And our biggest lead generation now at this point is referrals from our clients. Um, we ask for them. We remind them that, hey, you know, if you know anybody that we can help. Um, and that really has been um, probably the most rewarding part is to find that our clients are saying, oh, you should go talk to her. So now we get, you know, referrals from all over the place. I, you know, Illinois or Iowa or whatever, you know, they come to the lake and see a neighbor. And and so um so now we do lead generation stuff like internet leads, you know, social media, all those kinds of things. But I'm also very aware of our branding. And I had to learn, there was a big learning curve because I started out and this newspaper would say, that tells you how long ago that was too. This newspaper would say, oh, we'll build you this, you know, ad. And then somebody else would say, oh, we'll build you this ad. And nothing was consistent. Until finally, I, I figured out what I wanted to project, and, and then we started refining that. And so, um, <clears throat> but it's been a process. It's, it's cost me a lot of money. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, but on this side of it, I'm, I'm extremely happy, you know. But, um, but I wanted to get to the point where if somebody says the word Medicare in central Missouri, somebody says, oh, you know, there's that girl in Osage Beach, you know, um, that's what you hope for. And so that's what we're always working on. But that being said, we have clients in a lot of states now, and we have other agents in other states now as well. Oh, very cool. And yeah. they are virtual, I assume? Um, they work remote? Not necessarily. Some of okay. them are, you know, local to their area. Um, and in our personal office here, um, we have we live in an area that's very social. Um, for example, when COVID happened in 2020, I was set up and ready to do every, every appointment virtually. I thought, oh gosh, the way everybody's talking, it's all going to be Zoom calls and telephone, you know? And that's what I thought was going to happen. 
it was my busiest year and everyone came in person. Wow. It was the craziest thing. I was not expecting people, people like needed that social connection, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever, if you pay much attention, but um, we, Lake of the Ozarks did not participate in COVID. And uh, so, so it was I just feel like a lot of lakes, even so <laughs> we're in um, Washington. And if you went to the lake, it was like COVID didn't exist. Right. <laughs> so it was the funniest time most of us lived. So, yeah. um, but you know, um, no, I mean, there were some people that wanted a phone call. Some people wanted masks. I kept a sneeze guard on my desk. You know, we did things. We wiped things down a lot. We, I mean, we, we took a lot of precautions. We had masks right. for everybody and that kind of thing. And, um, the last thing we wanted was somebody to get sick because they came to our right. office. Right. Um, I say that jokingly, but please know I, right. I took it very seriously. Right. Um, but anyway, so, you know, um, so in our area, um, people are just very, they like to get together. Um, we do a client appreciation dinner every year. We just had um, one a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, we have, we usually have a couple, 300 people come and, um, and, you know, we celebrate them. It's not a, it's not a sales time. It's not anything. It's just we truly, genuinely appreciate all that you do um, bringing us business. And so um, so there's a lot of things like that that we do. We try to stay pretty active in the community and, and things like that. So uh, we're not shy around here. And, and so <laughs> it gets us business one way or the other. I did. Um, so being a female in a male-dominated industry, and, you know, you had commented already, like, you know, you work with men, males, females, doesn't matter. Right. Um, but I am curious, like, what are some of the challenges that you have faced as a female being in the industry? And do you feel like those challenges are there and you just worked through them? Or um, are they more perceived challenges that, you know, we just need to pick up our bootstraps and carry on? <laughs> well, I decided really early on that I was not going to compete with men as if I'm a man. I'm just going to be a woman and I'm going to do my thing. And, um, and, and people, love it. people will be drawn to you regardless. Mm -hmm. And really what people, most people are really looking for is a qualified person that can actually help them with what they need. You know, when they walk in our doors, uh, we want to solve their immediate problem. And then we want to help them with all the problems that they don't know they've got, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that I would say, especially when I was out, um, you know, schlubbing sales kits out of my car when I first got the office and I was just really by myself. Um, just to give you an idea, I moved into this office space and I had a reception area, but I couldn't afford a receptionist yet. And uh, I bought this uh, big life-size David Hasselhoff and this really gaudy chair. It was like a cardboard cutout, you know, and I would have people come by my office to take pictures with David Hasselhoff. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That's very fun. But, um, but, but yes, so I would occasionally, um, since we are in a tourist area, a lot of times um, agents would come down to the area and they'll be like, oh, I could write business down here and then I can write all my trips off. And uh, so occasionally I would have someone show up and it was always a man, never a woman. They would show up, they would introduce themselves and they would want to partner together at, at the lake. And um, what they really meant by that was they wanted to use my reputation and my office. And uh, basically, I would be working as their assistant. 
<laughs> and uh, that's really what that wow. was. And so finally, um, I started getting to the point where I would say, I'll tell you what, how about if I come to your office and we work together up there for a while, and if that works out, then we'll talk about working down here at the lake. And do you know, no one ever took me up on that. So, <laughs> so, um, so that that's probably um, one of the things, you know, I, I remember going to, um, I was with an association that I belong to, and we were going to see uh, uh, representatives and senators and stuff. And I was with a group of all men and, and some, one of the older guys looks at me, he goes, Oh, Becky, would you take notes? And uh, I said, is it because I'm a woman? Well, then he's like, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> of course I took notes. I'm like, I'm just kidding you. But, but I was making a point. Right. <laughs> I took notes and it was all good. Um, but I just wanted to <clears throat> kind of remind people, look, I'm, I'm on your same playing field. We're, right. you know, um, so I would say one of the challenges I think for women Statistically, a lot of women, it's like 52% of women are um, of, of licensed agents are female. Yeah. Women to work in, you know, support roles or um, we work for carriers or things like that. And so there's not a lot of, of agency owned, um, women agency owners out there, but the ones that are out there, um, they're, they're, they're amazing. And, um, and I know some very good ones that I have a lot of respect for. Um, and, but it's, it's better. When I first started <clears throat> like 16 years ago, I would go to these meetings and I would look around the room and I'd be like, I just got to live out, outlive all these old guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's now I think. People are probably saying that about me, but that's <laughs> but, you know, um, the thing about it is, is I, um, for the most part, I really never made gender a thing, but I will say, I thought it was my, to my advantage because, um, I was oftentimes not like everyone else in the room. Um, and <clears throat> a lot of times clients will gravitate toward a female, especially older clients where, um, sometimes I would get, people would call into the carrier and they would say, I only want to talk to a female agent because they didn't want a man coming into their home. Um, so and what, what happened for me was, um, I've never felt like being a woman was to my disadvantage. Um, but that being said, I didn't come naturally with a thick skin. And so I would get intimidated easily or, um, you know, feel like, oh, gosh, I don't know all the things I'm supposed to know. Or I don't didn't want to come across too strong or too weak or too whatever. And um, and finally, I just let all that fall away. And I just decided I am who I am. And and I do know my stuff and, you know, I'm perfectly capable. And, um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of things that, that um, I've learned over the years that at one time would have really devastated me. And today it's, it's not a big deal anymore. It's just, you know, people do things to try to stay ahead of you or whatever it happens to be. And so for me, um, I just tried to stay in my lane and, 
you know, keep focused on what we want to do. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. And, um, and, and fortunately, some of my biggest encouragers have been males, um, people who have really kind of given me a leg up. I don't think it had anything to do with being male or female. It's just, we just meshed. We just, you know, uh, they saw what I was trying to do. And for whatever reason, we just collaborated and it worked out. And, and um, so anyway, but I could tell you some funny stories about men too, you know, that, that, you know, where they make those certain assumptions and all that. Right. Things. Right. Um, but yeah, I am curious. It's interesting um, because I think I hear a lot that uh, females are like, Oh, well, we have to work really hard and we have to prove ourselves to our male counterparts. And, I think the the reality and some of the challenges are, and you can speak to this because you were a single mom with two girls and, you know, all of a sudden working full time, whereas before you were a stay at home mom. Um, And the challenge that, you know, that we see is that men, usually if they're business owners, they're usually business owners and they a lot of times have a spouse at home who is managing the household and women who own businesses or who work are doing both. And, yep. and so they think that they have to keep up, right? And they have to do all the same things that, that the men do. And it's like, in reality, you, you can't do that. You can't sustain that for so long. So I'm curious for you as a single mom who had two girls and you were, you know, all of a sudden working, what are some of the challenges that you experienced um, all of a sudden having to work and try to be a mom and do all the things because you didn't even have a spouse to rely on. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I can't tell you how many times I've said, I need a wife. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I would see these guys that I'd be working with and I'm out there trying to do my thing and my kids are at home and I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. And, you know, their wife is doing their filing and entering their notes and they're they're not paying anybody to do that, you know. And, um, you know, I go back to I can't think about what everybody else is doing. This is what I want to do. Um, And I took ownership of that. You know, I made the decision. I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be successful in this industry. And these are the cards I was dealt. So either I play those cards to the best of my ability or I sit and whine about it, or I go chase relationships that, you know, just distract me and take time and all that stuff. And I always jokingly say, it's amazing what you can accomplish with no man and no hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Let that be a lesson that uh, sometimes, because women, you know, we naturally, um, we're multitaskers, we're doing multiple things that we're perfectly capable of doing it. But there are times when, um, you know, I would just be exhausted and I would be, you know, multiple days, 14 to 16 hours a day during open enrollment, day after day, week after week, seven days a week. And I would just be like, oh my gosh, when is this gonna, I can't keep this up, you know? And then January would roll around and then then you get a new, you know, a new breath of fresh air. But um, it was hard because, and you can't, that's the thing, you can't compare yourself to anybody else. You just have to think about, here's what I'm capable of doing. This is what I'm willing to do or not willing to do. And then accept the consequences of those decisions. Yeah. I made the decision to be in business. I could have gone and gotten a 40 hour a week job with a steady paycheck. I made the decision not to do that. I knew I wasn't married. I knew I was doing it by myself. I, I was very aware of all that. And it doesn't have anything to do with 
you know, oh gosh, you know, they have it so much easier. Okay, maybe they do. What difference does it make? Your circumstances are your circumstances. So, you know, um, carry on. Right. And so, um, or quit, you know, you, you get to or learn how to manage it and learn how to exactly. figure it out. You, yeah. you either, you either do or you don't, and then you have to own your decision. And so I think that's probably just one day I was, um, struggling with a decision and I had gone through this, do I, don't I, do I, don't I for weeks. And I was talking to my daughter and at the time she was probably 20, 21 years old, you know, and, um, not a lot of worldly wisdom, you know, but, but still common sense, you know, and I'm just talking to her about it just to hear myself talk. And finally she goes, Oh my gosh, mom, just make a decision and own it. <laughs> and I'm telling you at that moment, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And I then made a decision and I owned the decision and I decided the consequences are going to be consequences. I just have to decide what I want to do. And, um, and those words have come back to me many times when I've struggled with a decision. Sometimes it's just a decision and you got to make it. And, um, and you can't, um, you can't sit around forever in indecision because that'll that's a decision, not deciding right. a decision too. And, um, but, but actually when it's almost like she gave me permission to make the decision and pay the consequences. Yeah. And, uh, and the decision really was about relocating from Idaho back to Missouri. And I was just back and forth and back and forth. And, um, and so I moved and, and I've thought about it many times. Oh gosh, if I had stayed out there, this would have been happening or whatever. And, um, but it, it's, it all worked out just fine. So, so that's been kind of um, one growing thing um, that I, that I had to, to, and, you know, another thing I will say was having this time where I was really, you know, so grateful for what I'd come out of and what I had gotten into. And I was really doing well. I was still in Idaho. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And, and I'm a woman of faith and, um, I, um, pray and I'm very, um, very much, I would call myself a, a very spiritual person. And, and so I'm praying about it. I'm just so thankful, you know, I'm really sharing all this gratitude. Right. And, um, um, I'm like, you know, I just want every blessing. I don't want to get in my own way. And I'm saying all this stuff, you know, and I just hear this little subtle voice in my head, just say, um, do you really want all that, you, that I have for you? And, uh, I'm like, well, well, yeah, you know, why, why wouldn't I? And then that same little voice said, even the difficulties. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh gosh, because <laughs> I had just come out of this really terrible thing, you know? And, um, and I said, I said, yes, even the difficulties. And um, that same small voice then said, um, because the difficulties are what allows you to experience my compassion and my humility. And, um, so that really was, um, now, you know, I make every decision with all the facts. I try to take emotion out of it. I try to do right. Every time I try not to fly off the handle or do things impulsively, but I, once I've done everything I know to do, even if it doesn't turn out, I go back to that conversation 
And I'm like, okay, I said, yes, all of it, even the difficulties. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's kind of where I, um, fall back to when I'm going through difficult times. And, um, and I do, I mean, I joke about it and stuff all the time, you know, but in, in reality, you know, it is not a cakewalk. It's, it's tough. And you have to have a lot of grit and a lot of tenacity in this industry in order to be successful. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say as we wrap up here um, that we were talking about before we hit record and you said, yeah, I was an overnight, ex overnight success in 16 years. Right. And we talked about that a little bit and people have this perception that they're, it's going to be easy and that the money's going to come right away. And even if they're successful before, and then you go and start your business, you're, you're basically starting over and from the ground up. So I'd love it if you would just touch a little bit on that and um, just give that reminder that it, it takes, yes, it takes hard work and you're not going to be an overnight success. And there's nothing wrong you with you if you're not an overnight success, because in reality, that is not how it works. And even the people who portray that they're an overnight success are not. Um, even if they, you know, had worked years before, whatever they did, there's something that they did. It doesn't just magically happen. The only people that I've seen truly have overnight success are taking over their parents' successful business. So <laughs> that's about it. You know, um, it's it's hard um, at times because, you know, you have, um, you know, you have competitors. You have people who want to see you fail. You have people that want to ride your coattails or you know, they don't realize that they could drag you down. If you if you continue to allow that to happen, um, they don't want to stand on their own two feet or they want to see your, your demise because they're jealous or whatever it happens to be. Um, those things happen to all of us. Um, some people handle it better than others. Um, believe me, I've, I've been at the end of my rope many times where I'm just like, what am I doing? Um, and, um, and I, I've had people cause me a lot of pain, people that I thought I was helping, um, you know, um, but the bottom line is, you know, if you, if you are driven to do something, um, you know, I, I will say this after I got a divorce, um, I had someone tell me, Becky, you really, you need to go get some counseling. Cause I was a little bit messed up, right? Everybody is. And so I went and, and this is how I am. Right. I said to the guy, I go, cause I had those EAPs, you know, where you got five visits for free. I said to the guy, I go, listen, I've got five visits. So we got to figure this out in five visits. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so uh, we did pretty well in five visits, but a couple uh, several months later, I was feeling a stirring to leave this really secure job. And I couldn't explain it. I had a great job. I had a great, great relationship with my people that I work with. I lived in a nice home, all these things, but I was having this stirring. So I went back to that guy and I said, listen, um, this is happening. And I don't know how to, I don't know if I'm just thinking I need to make changes because I was with somebody who was always making changes or if it's genuinely, I should just change, change things, you know, the stirring that was happening. And so I went through and described all the things. I want to leave this really secure job. It's the, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better situation in my life and all my needs were met. And, but yet this stirring was still happening. And he sat there and listened to me for a few minutes. And then he said, Becky, I'm going to tell you something. You're feeling a stirring 
because you're not living in your destiny. And so until you get to the point where you're living your destiny, you're going to constantly feel like you, you need to make a change. And I would say he was absolutely right. And um, I did. I made the changes. And here I am now all this time later. Um, probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever got to explain why I wasn't settled in the life I had. And um, so anyway, that's that helped me get through, you know, making some of those big decisions to go out on my own, work my own agency, um, find people with similar, um, you know, uh, values as me. And um, and then we started to really build something special. You know, our agency, we our motto is we use insurance as a tool to positively impact the lives of those we serve. So we want to have a positive impact on people's lives. We just use insurance as the tool to do it. That's and so funny because I've heard so many insurance agents say have that very similar motto and kind of mission statement. And that's what I love about the insurance industry is um, just there's just such a heart there to really like help and serve, serve their clients and community as well. So I would agree with you. Um, but at the same time, we're all competitive out there. Too. Right. <laughs> it's a very odd group of people, that's for sure. But um, but, yeah, we do. We we um, I I. I'm very passionate about what we do here. Um, and we do a lot of different things here and different ones that, that, that work here um, have different specialties. But um, the one thing I would say, we are all consistently very ser serious about that. And that is um, impacting our clients' lives in a positive it. way. I love it. I love it. Um, I was going to say well, one more thing you had said that I wanted to close on. And I just lost my train of thought. Um, darn it, I lost it. Uh, but as we as we wrap up, do you have any last, uh, just like one piece of wisdom or advice you would have for specifically somebody who is thinking about making that leap from that secure, safe job, right? And um, it's really easy to stay in our comfort zone and like I have all everything I need and that safety and that security. And sometimes we, we focus on money as our safety and security. And that's something I'm learning in my own life. And you talked about yeah. faith and that's a big one for me is, is uh, God is teaching me like he is my safety and security, right? Not right. money. And yes, we need money to live off of and to provide and all of those things. But I would just love it if you would just speak some encouragement or some wisdom into um, a, a female who is thinking about going from her safe, secure job and wanting to start her own agency. Um, I would say you are perfectly capable of doing it if that's what you really want to do. Um, but once you make that decision, you have to work hard at it every day. You don't get the luxury of sitting back and, and just hoping that things work out. You have to do everything you know to do every day. And if you do that and you stay with it and you have the grit and you have the tenacity and you stay within your budget um, and you have a business plan, a written business plan, those are all things that I think would um, be things that you need to, to make yourself successful um, moving forward. 
And I, I will say, I don't care if you're one guy, one woman out there um, doing whatever it is, you still for yourself should have a written business plan and you need to get it on paper and you need to calendar it and you need to go by that as if you were working for a corporation who had those expectations. Yeah, that's really, really great advice and having that accountability for yourself, especially if you are a one person show. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's um, that's that's a great advice. Well, Becky, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your inspiring story. Um, I know that it's going to touch touch our guests who are listening. Um, would you tell everyone where they can find you the bless, best place to connect with you? Um, and just how they can connect. Okay. Um, you can go to Facebook, of course, Jennings Insurance Group. Um, if you want to message me personally, um, it's Becky Jennings, and Becky is B-E-C-K-I Jennings, um, and I'm in Missouri, so that'll help you find me also. Um, JenningsInsuranceGroup.com is our um, website, and you can always call us. Our phone number is 573-693-9443. Um, I generally don't answer the phone, but if you call in, um, the girls will put you on my calendar, make sure that um, we get a call back and, and have a communication. You know, I will say if there is somebody out there that you're you're struggling or you just need a word of encouragement or whatever, I would love to be that person for you. Um, you can call me anytime. You can message us um, and the message will get to me. Um and, and I would be happy to do that with anybody who's starting out, who's thinking about starting out, who just wants to, maybe you're doing a project and you just, you know, want to run something by somebody. I, I would love to be that person for you. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Becky. Uh, you just have a heart of gold, I can tell, and I love it. And just thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Have you ever wondered how women in insurance thrive in this male-dominated industry? Welcome to the Insurance Revolutionized podcast brought to you by Success Without Sacrifice. I'm your host and coach, Cherie Sauer. I will be interviewing female innovators who are changing the face of insurance for women, as well as giving you tips and inspiration for reaching new heights in your business without sacrificing what is most important to you. Join us on this journey as we explore, encourage, inspire, and grow together.